tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Well, good morning. Welcome this morning. Glad you guys could all be here together again. Uh, It's a joy to gather together and to celebrate our amazing and awesome God. Uh, Welcome. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and I really enjoy celebrations, don't you? Just yesterday, uh, our family celebrated my wife Christy's birthday. Her birthday was a couple weeks ago, but we celebrated that. And it was just a, a wonderful gathering. The whole family came over. It's just, you know, controlled. Well, not really controlled, but just chaos. Yeah, our 10 grandchildren running around the house uh, doing things they probably shouldn't do, but not telling anybody until afterwards. It's, uh, but it's fun. Uh, anybody else uh, celebrating something this weekend? A birthday, an anniversary? Uh, oh, what? When is? Super Bowl Sunday Sunday is your birthday. Happy birthday on Super Bowl Sunday. Back there, what? what? Woo, yeah. Awesome, awesome. You should get a medal for being married to your husband. We know that. Uh, Anybody else? Yeah, Krishna. Birthday, happy birthday, Krishna, tomorrow. That's awesome. Anybody else? Wait over here, yeah. In the back. What's that? Wedding anniversary. Okay, anybody? Else? Yes, in the very back. Wow. That's amazing. Awesome. There you go. Uncle's getting married. Did I miss one? Yeah. February 18th. Happy birthday on February 18th. Rams fan. Yeah, sorry. Today is a 49er day. So, you know, California team, you could, you know, kind of root, maybe. Uh, anybody else? Did I miss anybody else? Are we, did I? Yes, over here. Was that? February 2nd, daughter's birthday. Awesome. Those are fun to celebrate, isn't it? We, we love to celebrate a birthday, a graduation, a wedding, a new baby, promotion, retirement, being free of cancer, a move, a new job, an anniversary, uh, your team winning. Or not. Uh, But like today, did you know that today is a very special celebration? Did you know that? Today is National Corn Chip Day. No, seriously. And I I thought I brought brought some things to celebrate. Anybody like Doritos? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So you all should be sitting closer. (laughs) My arm is not that good. Oh, I, oh, I neglect over here. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. The, the, the theory in this is that you should sit closer. That, and, or, or I need to get a better arm. But people all over the world today are celebrating corn chips. And actually, Fritos are some of the oldest developed corn chips. That, that whole story, I have to work that into a sermon sometime. But why do we like to celebrate these eventful moments, even if it's National Corn Chip Day? But it's it's, it's to remember and to revel in something fun or important, a person we love, an accomplishment, and all that was provided to get there, uh, to give thanks to those who provided help and aid and coaching and more, and to appreciate God, to appreciate him for 
his provision of life and abilities and blessings and all that we have been given. Now, most every good celebration has key elements. So what are some of the key elements of a celebration? You've been talking about that for a little bit. What's one? People, obviously people. What else? Food. What's that? An open heart to other people. Excellent. Video games. Oh, yeah, that could be part of the celebration too. This, somebody mentioned food. Yeah. Yeah, food is important part. I think that's one of the most important. Well, people are more important, obviously. But the next one is, is food. And we're going to talk a little bit about more of those important elements in celebrations because we've been uh, studying through over these past few weeks from the Bible book of Leviticus chapter 23, all the different celebrations that God had put forth for Israel to celebrate. Uh, there was a number of them and we've been looking at them. These are festivals that God had set in to not only enjoy and celebrate, but also to be times of training, to include important rhythms of life like rest and celebration and thankfulness and sacrifice and more, but also to prepare Israel for their new life leader who would be master, Lord, king of their lives, Messiah that we know to be Jesus. So we've been talking about these celebrations. The first one we talked about was the, uh, the celebration of a weekly Sabbath. Uh, yes, a good coaching rhythm of life to work six days and then rest on the seventh focusing in on who God is and how he wants us to live, but also to realize that Jesus is the ultimate Sabbath rest in life. Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, then I will give you rest. Rest from all the stresses of life, rest from all the uh, things that overwhelm us in life, rest from the friction that sin causes in life. All of that is a found in Jesus, a rest in him. And that celebration was to not only build the rhythm of rest, but also to point to Jesus. The same is with the celebration of Passover and how the death angel passed over those obedient followers of God to, and redeemed Israel from the bondage of slavery, taught the need for future redemption from a greater bondage of sin where Jesus is that sacrificial lamb like the sacrificial lamb of Passover. And in John chapter one, verse 29, when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards him, said this, the next day he, John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming towards him and said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Because there's an even greater bondage than being bondage of slavery. There's the slavery to sin. The Bible says that we've all, unfortunately, been born into this slavery called sin. That sin separates us from God. It separates us from really going God's direction and, and keeps us out of heaven. And there's no human way to, uh, for us to deal with that separation on our own. We can somehow cancel it out. We need a savior. Just like Israel needed a savior that, that Moses was brought for to help free the people from the bondage that they had there. Jesus is that one who frees us. And we died on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sin, paying, saying it's paid in full and, and died for our sin. But he didn't stay dead. Three days later, he rose from the grave and proving that he is the savior. And how we benefit from that is to believe, to come to the place in our life where we say, I trust that I'm sinful and I need a savior and it's Jesus and make some kind of proclamation about that. It is, it, and many of you have come to that place in your life where you believe in Jesus and that is awesome. Some of you are on the way. Keep searching and keep asking. Maybe even today you can ask a question afterwards and we'd love to pray with you to help you walk into that time of faith. But that was a, the, the celebration of Passover. And the celebration of unleavened bread came next. It was, a, it was also coaching in the rhythm of 
continually dealing with our sinful habits. Even though our sin, the, the penalty of sin is paid for, we still mess up. And we need to rid our lives, like, the, like leaven getting rid of it out of your life, we need to rid our lives of sin. And, 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 and Passover taught looking to Messiah to redeem us And this celebration also teaches Jesus is that bread of life. And that when we take in him, the the reality that he can help us push out the sin out of our life. Like when Jesus took the bread of redemption in the Passover meal at that last supper with his disciples and passed it out to everyone saying, like this bread nourishes you, I am the bread of life that can nourish you and help you deal with the sin of your life. And now last week, we talked about the celebration of first fruits, that life aligns when we give God our first of our resources, of our time and our allegiance. Jesus said in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God. That's Christ on the throne, most influential part of our life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of life. And it says all these things will be added into you because the disciples in that particular passage were really worried about life and anxious. And here's the answer to that, the anxiety of life. It's found in putting Jesus as a central figure, the most influential leader in our life. And now we come to the, this, this interesting celebration called the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost. It was a festival celebrating God's provision. Uh, it, it was a festival uh, that's found in, in Leviticus 23 verses 15 to 22, but also found in Deuteronomy, the Bible book of Deuteronomy, chapter 16, verses 9 to 12. They lay out for us uh, five key elements to revel in God's presence, five key elements of that celebration, which these elements are great rhythms of life that we can add to all of our life because these celebrations were to help us live better God's way. For celebrating God's provision, deepens our connection with him, others, and shapes us to thrive. So I'd like for us to look at these these five key elements that we can incorporate and create as rhythms in our life. But before we do, if you wouldn't mind standing your feet, let's pray and ask God to challenge us and teach us. I'm glad that you're here. And uh, I believe you're here by divine appointment. There's something God wants you to get out of this. So let's ask him for that. Father God, thank you for your provision. Hands down, Lord, we have what we have by your hand. And, uh, and we appreciate that. And in that celebration, these rhythms, God, are very helpful to us. So God, I pray you'd help us how to incorporate them and in- bring them into our life that we can live how you want us to live and have that um, peace that surpasses understanding, guard our hearts and our minds, and that life would align as we seek you first in this. So bless us and guide us and encourage us, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat. I encourage you to take out uh, from the worship folder that Terry mentioned where that card is in that. And please do fill a prayer request or maybe even a praise on this. Uh, I love to pray for you. And um, I put these cards, they not only go out to all the distribution that they are, but I have them sit on my desk all week and I look at them on and off all week and pray for them. And so I'd love to pray for you. And so just fill that out, place it in the offering and it'll get to me afterwards. But if you turn the worship folder over, there's a outline with some blanks. You can fill in those blanks as we go through our time together. Uh, there's also some extra verses that I give and some links to some articles. And if you pick up the study guide, which is out these double doors, turn left. There's a resource desk there. These are on that. You can also find all this on the on the website under um, the revived section of the website. On there, there's also a link to our podcast that we do most every week. And it goes deeper and sometimes a little sideways on, the, not sideways, bad sideways, but a little uh, tangent. That's, maybe that's a better word. Tangent on, on these passages. And I think you'll enjoy that. 
as we walk through this and encourage you. So let's look at this celebration of God's provision, this festival of weeks or Pentecost and see what God may teach us. For celebrating God's provision deepens our connection with him, others, and helps us to thrive. So if you have your Bible with you, open up to Leviticus chapter 23. I'll be reading the Leviticus chapter, the chapter in Leviticus, and then I'll also we'll be bouncing back and forth between Leviticus and Deuteronomy this morning. And I think you'll enjoy that. This first passage is uh, not going to be up on the screen, but you can uh, uh, open your Bibles. If, if you didn't bring your Bible, that's totally fine. Just listen, and then we'll launch into the other scriptures will be up on there. But let me just read this for you. Chapter 15, Leviticus 23. You shall count seven full weeks from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheath from the wave offering. Now that's talking about first fruits. Because remember, they wave the sheath of, uh, of grain. That's a big gathering of grain, the stalks, and they would wave that before the Lord. You shall count, verse 16, you shall count 50 days from the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall present the grain offering of new grain to the Lord. You shall bring from your dwelling places two loaves of bread uh, to be waved made of two tenths of an ephah. That's a round five-pound bag of flour made into two. Uh, uh, they will be a fine flour and they shall be baked with leaven as first fruits to the Lord. And you shall present with the bread seven lambs a year old without blemish and one bull from the herd and two rams and they shall be burnt offerings to the Lord. Sounds like a great barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> they're a grain offering and they're a drink offering and a food offering with the pleasant aroma of the Lord. I do when I think about that. You ever smell meat being barbecued? <laughs> we, Chris and I go on a walk and, um, and on that walk, there's always this one house that just seems to be smoking meat all the time. And I just, oh man, just. Mm. <laughs> and <clears throat> you shall offer one male goat for a sin offering, two male lambs, a year old, and a sacrifice, a peace offering. And the priest shall wave them with the bread of first fruits as a wave offering before the Lord. Man, those priests had to be pretty buff to wave those lamps. You got that one? A little chuckle every now and then helps. So just, yeah, whatever. With two lambs, <clears throat> they shall be holy to the Lord for the priests. In other words, that the priests will get some of that barbecue, which is nice for them. And you shall make a proclamation on the same day and you shall hold a holy convocation. That's a, it's a gathering focused on God. And, and you shall not do any ordinary work. Uh, it is a statute forever in your dwelling places throughout your generations. And verse 22 when you reap the harvest you shall of your land, you shall not reap uh, your fields right up to the edge, nor shall you gather the gleanings, those that, that drop on the ground after your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and the sojourner. I am the Lord, your God. So let's discover these five key elements to revel in God's presence. The first is to be intentional. So we just were in Leviticus, flip over to Deuteronomy. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. So it's Numbers, Deuteronomy. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 9. It says, you shall count seven weeks. Begin to count the seven weeks from the time the sickle first put to the standing of grain, for that, that first fruits offering. So, so there was an intentionality. And if you go back to the Levitical text that we just read, that's 50 days. Thus the name Pentecost, a celebration to enjoy God's provision, not just on a whim, 
or when we feel like it, but it was planned and prepared for, and there was much participation. It was intentional. God had set up these moments, these celebrations for Israel, not just to to rest and rejuvenate and to take time to enjoy good times, which probably included dancing and laughing and playing and, 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 and to build this important element into their life, this important rhythm of those kind of celebrations, but also to be intentional. That was an important rhythm of life, to be intentional. Do it on this day, to plan and prepare and to participate in times of God-centered celebration, that holy convocation. Like this festival of weeks, revealing God's, reveling in God's provision. See, it's too easy to float through life or let others influence or shape our schedule or forget to thank God and to enjoy what he's provided, it's to be intentional with that. To take moments where we intentionally stop and and spend time with God or thank God or celebrate what God has given. To enjoy a time with God and to enjoy living life his way. Like with prayer, Bible study, attending church, taking times to celebrate all that God has provided. Maybe when you receive your W-2 form this year to do your taxes. You don't just, oh, you know, fret over your taxes, but take a minute and stop. When you receive your paycheck and stop and thank God for his provision. Thank the Lord for what he has given you. You have what you have by his hand. Or every time uh, before you eat, thank the Lord to recognize his provision. There's a great Hebrew prayer that does is it happened at most every, um, and there's different variants of this as you pray for morning, evening, and different things like that. But every meal, it went like this. Baruch atah Adonai Elohinu Malek Ha'olam Bori Pri Ha'adama. That's Hebrew. If you want to know the exact, what the exact thing looks like, get the study guide. It's written there and also the English equivalent to that. But Baruch atah Adonai Elohinu Malek Ha'olam Bori Pri Ha'adama. It means blessed are you eternal, our God, ruler of the universe, who brought forth fruit from the earth. It was a constant reminder, an intentional reminder that what we have is not from our own hand, but from the hand of God. It was a constant reminder of that, that God gives what he gives to us. And when we work that into our lives, this intentional recognition and celebration of God's provision, we are constantly changed. For celebrating God's provision deepens our connection with him, others, and shapes us to thrive. How will you be intentional in your faith and celebrate God's provision? Maybe you can memorize this Hebrew prayer. Baruch atadonai elhimu melech haodam haolam bori pri hahadama. It's in, grab the study guide and practice that. It'll be kind of a fun for you and know the meaning of it, obviously. The next key element to revel in God's provision is to be collaborative. Look back at uh, Leviticus now, uh, chapter 23, looking again at verses 17 to, uh, to, to, to 20. Here's what you should include in this offering. And, and it needed to be collaborative because no one person could provide this. Uh, two loaves of bread, that was really from you. So you needed to provide that individually. And then it starts listing all these things. 
uh, verse 18, you, you shall present uh, the bread, uh, the bread with, along with seven lambs a year old. Not many people had seven lambs that they could provide that wouldn't devastate them without blemish. A bull from the herd, two rams, they shall be burnt offerings to the Lord. Uh, and then verse 19, one male goat, a sin offering, two male lambs a year old. That's a lot. It's a lot for one person. Therefore, it needed to be a collective. The whole group would gather in out of their provision. They would say, okay, look, I'll, I'll do this one lamb. You do this two lambs. You, you provide the bull and we'll provide it. And when they all work together, it was a collaborative to provide for this incredible barbecue. It's like, like a planned dinner, each family bringing something. And we were meant to work collaboratively in cooperation with others, in coordination with others. It's like, this, like the coffee ministry here, I'm a little wired because I had a second cup of coffee. Woo! Uh, so it, it, uh, it, it, was, it was good coffee to me. I don't know even what, I don't know if it's, I, I can know what watered down coffee tastes like, but this coffee was pretty good. So next, well, the, on the Super Bowl Sunday, that's when we're going to start it again because we need to go back and learn from what we just happened. But uh, it, next, on the Super Bowl Sunday, come to this service a little early so that you can enjoy that because we're having it right now between the services. If we get more people to volunteer, we will, uh, we will extend it. But, but it's, it's the idea about this ministry. It didn't just happen. It wasn't one person who decided to do it. It was a, a, a collaborative. The, the leadership team came together and we met a few times and then figure out who's gonna do what and who's gonna get what. And they all worked together to present what was out there. And now those of you others who wanna help in this ministry, uh, you can write on the connection card that Terry was talking about saying, I wanna help. So there's a lot of help already, but we wanna be able to do it each week. So it's gonna take a lot of hands to work that. We need to work collaboratively. And working with others is a good rhythm to build into our lives. Into our lives. So what's your part? What's, how will you collaborate to work with others to participate in serving God? For it's to be a, a free will offering. And if you go back to the Deuteronomy passage, see, I told you we're gonna go back and forth. Keep your thumb ready. Deuteronomy 16, hello, 16 uh, verse 10. It says, you shall keep the festival of weeks to the Lord with a tribute of a free will offering from your hand out of what God has blessed you with. As part of these celebrations, it was to be a free will offering. In other words, that as God has increased your herd, maybe you have more lambs and you thought, hey, I'll do instead of two, I'll do three this year. And then, and, 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 you know what? The bulls in my herd are just going like crazy. I'll give you one of those. And then they all participated in that out of what God has given. And it's, it's, uh, it's a given out of the appreciation and the love for God. Do you love God? Do you appreciate all he has generously provided and blessed you with? Yes. Well, then be generous back and give freely from your, of your time and your resources and your allegiance. Giving back to God. It's, 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 it's all God's anyways. And, and we, so we're to give back freely, working with others, with our time and resources and allegiance. So maybe work with others and go on a mission trip like the one to India. Serve in a ministry. Be an usher. Participate in our kids and youth ministry or coffee ministry or our worship ministry. And yes, in that, be intentional. For celebrating God's provision deepens our connection with him, others, and shapes us to thrive. How will you celebrate with others in the celebration of what God has provided? 
We are to do that collaboratively. Another key element to revel in God's provision is to be inclusive. You're in Deuteronomy, look now at verse 11. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and your daughters, your male servants and your female servants, the Levites who's within your town, the sojourner, the fatherless, the widow who are among you, at the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name dwelling there. It's to be inclusive. And if you read verse 21 of Leviticus 23, it calls it a holy convocation. It was a godly gathering focused on God, not meant to be an individual affair. It was meant to be inclusive, to to be together in that. And yet, more and more, that is not easy. I mean, we're all a bit quirky. Just look at the person next to you. Mostly, look in the mirror. <laughs> when I was growing up as a kid in, in elementary school, um, you know how the teachers would write comments on your report card? <laughs> Mine always said things like, Mike is just too much. Mike is just a little bit too rowdy. Mike gets the whole class all round up. Mike just cannot stop talking. <laughs> I, I, I was one of those extra grace required people, a little bit quirky. And praise God for people who were, had a lot of grace and a lot of love and just, you know, shaking their head. Oh, Mike, Mike, Mike. I mean, just ask my wife, you know. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'm just a little too much. But, but we're to be uh, tolerant and full of grace and love and a lot of forgiveness and being okay with different and mostly selflessness. That's what it takes to be inclusive. The current of the day is to be polarizing and people are so quick and easy to cancel others and yet God calls us to be inclusive. I mean, look, look back at the Deuteronomy passage and, and just get this. Okay, sons and daughters, family, we all get that. But then your male servants and your female servants, those who are at a different level economically than you, those who are not like you, the Levite. So in other words, invite the pastor. Still no laughter. That happened first service too. You're laughing inside, thank you. I'll remember that last time when it's just stolen cold quiet. But it, 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 it's, 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 it's uh, uh, to invite those around you uh, and, and uh, the sojourner, the one who's, a, a, who's not part of the community. They happen to be passing through or, or maybe from another community. Someone who's different than you. And then the fatherless and the widow. Those were the ones in need that were to be inclusive of all people. Romans 15, 7 puts it this way. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Whenever you see the word therefore, it's, it's talking about what happened beforehand. And what happened beforehand in this passage in Romans 15 is talking about all that God has provided in Jesus because of how Jesus has included us. And he has welcomed and, and, and welcomed us into God's family when we come to that place of faith. Went to the cross, took, took our sin upon him, died, rose again, and he's now leaves an offering 
wide open to you saying, come, be well, be part of God's family. He's not gonna force you into that family. He's just throwing the doors open, saying, come on in. We need to understand we're sinful. We need a savior and it's Jesus. And when we do, we are welcomed right in. And just as Jesus welcomed in peaceful people that are way different, we need to welcome others the same. Ephesians 4, 32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has, forgiving, has, forgive, has forgave you. And this is so, so important right now. We live in a world that is isolated, a world that is full of anxiety and, and overwhelmness and hurt and pain, as Colson was talking about when we first gathered. Life is not easy. And people are finding out that there is no hope in our society. There's no hope even in themselves. They're looking for hope. And we know the hope, right? Hope is found in Jesus. He's the only hope. He's called the Prince of Peace. He's the one that can only bring us the true peace from the angst that sits within our soul. And the great thing is God puts us in the place of saying, hey, come on in. Hey, be inclusive to other people. Stretch out and invite people over for, to your house out for coffee, join you at church or even sit next to them or in serving or in your life group. God knows that for some of us, this is a bigger ask than others. And that's okay, but God wants us to connect. Whenever I think about that, it reminds me of Legos. Y'all know that Legos are different size Legos. Some have a lot of snaps on them. Some have a fewer snaps on them. Some just one little snap on there. But there is not a single Lego, Lego that doesn't snap with another. So the truth is, we should be a little snappy. And we should snap on and connect with other people because that's our design. God created us to connect and to work with each other and to, to, to be inclusive in that reality, to connect with those people around us. God never intended us to be this lone, solid wolf over here and no one ever to connect to. He wants us to constantly connect. And as we celebrate God's provision, let's connect. Let's snap together and be inclusive. We're celebrating God's provision deepens our connection with him, others, and shapes us to thrive. Who could you snap with? Who could you connect with? As we celebrate God's provision and in faith, Good rhythms are to be intentional, to be collaborative, to be inclusive, and also to be introspective. Look down at verse 12 of Deuteronomy chapter 16. In this celebration of Pentecost, in this celebration of weeks, it says, you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt and you shall be careful to observe all of these statutes. It was a time of remembrance, a time to stop the regular patterns of life and of work and to remember the both the difficult times and the good times and how God has provided and how he's providing now <clears throat> for Israel. It was a pilgrimage to the temple, to Jerusalem. It was, it, was, it was to take time while they traveled and recite poems and prayers and Psalms. Many of them are right from Psalms, actually from a specific area of Psalms, 
Psalms 120 to 134. If you have your Bible, you can turn to those. Uh, Psalms 120 uh, to 134. They're called the Psalms of Ascent. That as people ascended to the holy hill where the temple was, they, they, would, they would recite these ones. Some as even they were walking up one step and another step, they had certain psalms that they would recite. It was an introspective time. Listen to some of these. Let me just read a few. Psalm 120, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Deliver me, O God, from lying lips and deceitful tongue. It's, it's, it's kind of expressing all the, the hurt and the angst that we're going through to God. It takes some time of introspection during this time of celebration and let God know how you feel. Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from? Verse two, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Psalm 122, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord because there's help there. There's help in that connection with God. Uh, Verse 123, to you, I lift up my eyes. Oh, you who have enthroned in heaven to be able to acknowledge how amazing and awesome and wonderful and beautiful and powerful God is because he is incredible. Man, God can do anything. Can he lift a rock so big that he can't lift it? Yes, and then he would lift it. You get that? Yeah, again, you're laughing on the inside. That's good. <laughs> Psalm 124. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, let Israel say. It's acknowledgement that God has been on their side. And Psalm after Psalm after Psalm, all the way through, they would recite these introspective times. See, it's taking times to, to pray and to to to... to think and, and, and to interact with God. It's a great rhythm of life to back and forth, to listen to God in quietness and to pour out our heart to him and through prayer and move to that deeper level where we open up our whole soul to God. That's why many of us on staff, we take a, it's called a day away to pray. At least once a month we go away. And I, when I take mine, I grab my journal and my Bible and I I just go and stay alone with God and I begin to start journaling and I, I listen to God and I pray and go to those deep levels and I read some of these Psalms as, as an expression of my heart to God. Maybe this first part of the year to pull away for a time and to pray and to listen, interact with God. God does speak. Now, to me, he doesn't speak audibly, but, uh, but and actually make sure that you check every thought that comes in to God <laughs> Because I don't know about your brain, but my brain goes all over the place. And I want to make sure that the thoughts come in are really from God. So I check them with scripture. Scripture tells us to hold every thought captive to the word of God. Or maybe some milestone of your life. Um, Christy, my wife, is going to be retiring this year. And so we're already planning for her to take away a little retreat. To go away alone with God and to begin to sift through all that God has had in her bazillions of years teaching and now she's going to be taking on some new areas of life and excited about that. And so she's taking time to be introspective. Maybe for you, it could be around your birthday and, uh, uh, or a, a, an anniversary or where we celebrate God's provision and take the opportunity to go deeper. And if you need some help in that or some coaching in that, connect with a mentor or someone older in Christ in faith in you, or maybe talk to one of our pastors, because it's good to go deep and to be introspective with God, our provider. 
for celebrating God's provision deepens our connection with him and others and shapes us to thrive. How will you seek to be a bit more introspective with God? One more of these five elements to revel in God's provision is to be charitable. To yes, uh, with that free offering, free will offering mentioned in Deuteronomy 16.10. But also I want you to go back to Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 23 Uh, verse 22. There's some interesting things in this that I thought were noteworthy. Uh, It says, when you reap the harvest, this is during this time of huge celebration, lavish feasts and dancing and song and music and introspective times and collaborative, all those things, it'll take time to be charitable. Listen to this. And when you reap the harvest for your land, for this feast, you shall not reap your field right up to the edge nor gather the gleanings, the droppings. After your harvest, you shall leave them for the poor and the sojourner. It was an opportunity to be charitable. Yes, to God, because there were a lot of offerings in there. And actually, in all these celebrations, you were never to go to God empty-handed, to always offer things to God, but also to offer things to other people, to help other people. Actually, if you go into Deuteronomy chapter 16, when it mentions all the people to be inclusive with, It mentions the fatherless and the widow and the sojourner. They needed charity. They needed help. They needed encouragement. And so it was an opportunity to do that. And then with the poor, to let them glean from the fields. That's the principle of gleaning, to to not harvest the edges or the droppings that are there, but just let them there and let those who have need to come in. And it was a great way to give dignity because they had to do a little bit of work for that. They came and they harvested those fruits and those grains and they, they milled them and took care of them and, and sold them in the marketplaces so they could have a business and that. And please know, it's not that, you know, with, with giving to God, it's not that God needs our money. Please don't ever think that. God does not need your money. He's created all that he has. <laughs> he doesn't need you. But we need to give as a good rhythm of life. But in that, we're to be generous in our charity to others with our time and attention and resources. Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your God who is in heaven. It's to help others in need. And in that, giving them dignity. We live in a world of great need now. And we have a responsibility to help in some way. Now, yes, we have our care packs that we hand out and have available to you and you helped assemble them and things like that, but we can do more out of what God has provided for us. And God has provided so much for us. Not only the material things that we have, but spiritually as well. Because Jesus, as he was talking and he knew he would go to heaven, he said, I'm going to provide for you a helper who's called the Holy Spirit. And what happened, which I love how God does this, what happened on this exact celebration of Pentecost, after Jesus had risen and and then thousands of people were in Jerusalem, all of a sudden in the midst of that celebration, Peter stands up and he begins to start preaching about Jesus, how that we're sinful and need a savior and that it's Jesus and to come and to repent. And all of a sudden, the ground started moving and this mushing wind came in there and tongues of fire were on the disciples' head. And all of a sudden they were speaking the language of the people that were there from foreign countries. And it was amazing. The Holy Spirit showed up. Woo! Man, it must've been quite a scene. That same Holy Spirit 
is with us today. When you come to faith in Jesus, when you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, boom, you've been given the gift, the provision of the Holy Spirit. His job is to help you know and understand God's word. Even now, if you've been sitting there and the light has gone on, that's the Holy Spirit. He's helping you and guiding you and encouraging you. And when we mess up and we feel that, oh, that tinge of conviction, that's the Holy Spirit. When you all of a sudden have a verse pop into your head or get in a, a, a sense of God, that's the Holy Spirit. And he is within you working and God has provided him. What can we provide? How can we help those in need? For celebrating God's provision deepens our connection with him, others, and shapes us to thrive. What charities could we give? God wants us to celebrate and use these times to build good rhythms in life, to be intentional, collaborative, inclusive, introspective, and charitable. All in Christ. His help, his guidance. For celebrating God's provision deepens our connection with him, others, and shapes us to thrive. Will you pray with me? Father God, so thankful for these unique and wonderful celebrations. And Lord, they build into our lives such great rhythms, whether it's being intentional or collaborative or inclusive or, or uh, all these others, Lord, uh, charitable and introspective. Lord, we want to be applying these rhythms to our life to notice you and what you provided for Jesus. And we thank you for the provision of the Holy Spirit. Lord, may these challenge us and encourage us and help us as we not only live faith, but also reach out to the world that you've called us to reach out to. Help us in that, Lord. Guide us in that. And may we better it before it as we apply these rhythms to life, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.